What's shaking, Fire Nation? JLD here with an audio masterclass on thinking like a lazy man. To drop these value bombs, I have brought Blake Johnson on the mic. He is a Los Angeles-based entrepreneur who has successfully founded and sold a variety of businesses which currently exceed $550 million in valuations, both Currency Capital and IM Capital Access, companies in which he was the chairman and founder, were named on the Los Angeles Business Journal's Best Places to Work in Fire Nation. Today, we'll talk about that concept called Think Like a Lazy Man. We'll talk about the core elements that we need to have right before launching a business and the common mistakes entrepreneurs make in the startup phase and so much more when we get back from thanking our sponsors. Fire Nation, are you looking for a step-by-step roadmap to financial freedom and fulfillment? Well, I have some great news for you. My first traditionally published book, The Common Path to Uncommon Success, is available for pre-order now. Visit UncommonSuccessBook.com to pre-order today and lock in the incredible bonuses that are going away soon. UncommonSuccessBook.com. Blake, say what's up to Fire Nation and share something interesting about yourself that most people don't know. What's up, Fire Nation? Happy to be uh, on on with you guys today and and wanted to thank everybody for their time. Something interesting uh, that a lot of people don't know about me, especially in in the context of today, that everybody, when when they get to know me a little bit better and I share this this point, I always get a, a sideways look as if, you know, I'm making this up, but uh, I grew up in a really, really small community down on the Mexican border. It's statistically, arguably, the most poor community in the United States, wow. with the undisputed heavy, you know, undisputed number one all-time unemployment rate. Um, and I grew up working um, from a really young age on a on a you know cattle ranch. It, it's really a feedlot. Cattle ranch makes it sound romantic and sexy but it, it nothing is romantic nor sexy about this place it was 120 degrees in the summer 12,000 head of cattle we were up you know at three in the morning had to be working by four and did some of the most miserable jobs known to man and the funny part about that is when I got home from work every day the the wrangler the pair of wrangler jeans that I was wearing would inevitably stand up by themselves they were so caked in all this you know dirt and you know, all the dirt puts it lightly, all the other cow excrement, um, but they could actually stand up by themselves. And um, now I live in Los Angeles and, and live, you know, very different life. But, uh, you know, comparing those two and, and, and you know, sharing that with people, um, I, I always get an interesting look, so to speak. Well, I find that fascinating for a number of reasons, and I, I'm, I'm going to be curious how this ties into the main topic that we're chatting about today, which Fire Nation, as you know, is thinking like a lazy man. And Blake, you had this concept, think like a lazy man. So break it down for us, because you know it's one of those really kind of head-scratching type of topics. So how is Fire Nation going to benefit from this concept? So it's interesting, and, and ironically, you know that that first point we started out with kind of ties well in, into this. Um, something that I learned early on, or something rather that w- was taught to me, um, because El Centro and that community was on the Mexican border. It worked with, you know, everybody kind of crossing the border from Mexicali, and, and work with about thirty guys working cattle each day. And 
And the first year I got out there, it's about 13 years old, kind of kept to myself. I got regulated to the worst of the worst jobs, which was, you know, scooping out uh, water troughs, which were filled with, you know, all kinds of things except water. The cattle would stand in, in the water troughs all day. So you imagine, you know, getting cattle in there, standing all day, what comes out of those cattle and what had to be removed. And with a five gallon bucket, you know, go through all 117 pins, which took me from Monday morning to Thursday uh, afternoon to get through. But, you know, so I kept to myself the first year. Second year, the guys in, in the feedlot started to warm up to me. They, you know, would have lunch, which was really our breakfast, um, about, you know, 8.30 in the morning. And so I started to get invited to, you know, eat with them, which was, you know, a big accomplishment for me at that age. Really <laughs> got, got was proud of that for a while. And, you know, they took a liking to me because I kept to myself. I just worked. I didn't complain. And into that second year, I had one of the managers who, you know, was, was always, he was the clear, the, the jefe, right? He was the boss. And he came over one day and asked me, um, in Spanish. And he said, he said, Hey, you know, Blake, if you had to pick one of these 30 guys to do a job to, you know, translate a little bit better, but, uh, to my satisfaction, um, the quickest way, you know, the smartest way, who would you pick? And I looked across, you know, all 30 guys sitting there eating. And I said, I said, you know, I'll pick that guy over there. And he asked me why I said, look, that guy's always on time. He works really hard. Um, you know, he never complains. It's always clean cut. He's the most clean cut of the guy. And he, he kind of shook his head and looked at me and started to walk off. And I was like, hold on, who, who would you pick? And literally all 30 guys were together with the exception of this one guy. And underneath this like little bush tree was the, the uh, kind of inappropriate to say, but, uh, you know, without, without trying to filter, it was like the fattest, laziest guy of the whole group, right? I mean, he would complain about X, Y, and Z. You know, if you asked him to pick up a bucket and walk 10 yards, I mean, it was not without a complaint or, or moaning. <laughs> and so I, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And I'm like, you'd pick that guy? And he's always late. I mean, just, just it was almost a guy out of a, out of a movie, right? A character. And he, and he shook his head, yeah. And he goes, look, he goes, that guy is so lazy he'll think of something that nobody else will think of in order to get the job done. Expending the least amount of effort without getting fired. And he started to name off all these inventions that were very particular to the feedlot, in, including a siphon system that nobody had told me about to, to pull out all the water from the feed, uh, from the, from the troughs and a pulley system at the mill to, for hay bales and, and all these like, crazy crazy things that you know were really really ingenious and i was a little stunned even being a young teenager I was a little stunned and he, and he took me aside and said look you work really hard but if you want to succeed in life you'll maintain your work ethic and also think like him so you know I, i've really taken that kind of throughout my whole life my whole business career and trying to get, you know, understanding, hey, we're at point A today and we're going to point B or we need to get to point B. What's the quickest way to reverse engineer that? And I hate the term of thinking out of the box and everything, but I I've, I've really haven't found a better term. But it is really that concept of, you know, question the standard way of doing things 
And if you know where your destination destination is, what's the quickest point from where you're at today to that point? And, and what can you invent and what can you think of in order to get there in the most expeditious fashion? You know, this really resonates with me, Blake, for a lot of reasons. I mean, you know, I look back over my journey. You know, I was an officer in the army for eight years and I went to law school. I tried corporate finance. I was in commercial real estate. And a lot of those things took a lot of work. I mean, it's a lot of work being in the army, especially in the time of war, which I was. It's a lot of work in law school. I dropped out as a result. It's a lot of work being in corporate finance. It's a lot of work being in commercial real estate, knocking on a lot of doors. It's work, 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 work. And a lot of people are like, John, like, man, you're such a hard worker. Like you did a daily podcast every day for 2000 days in a row. And guess what? That was a lot of work. But to me, you know, it was me getting up, walking five feet to my in, in-home studio and having a conversation like I'm having with you right now, Blake, for 25, 35 minutes. Like that was literally what I was doing for 2000 days. And by the way, I was also batching them all together because I was too lazy to, to do that every single day. So I figured out ways to batch them and do all my interviews on one day per week for the whole week's worth of interviews. And I've always kind of taken this like attitude of, you know, if I wanted to work really hard, I would have stayed in law school. I would have stayed in corporate finance. I would have stayed in commercial real estate. But no, like in a lot of ways, I'm lazy. And like, I don't want people A, telling me what to do, but also B, I don't necessarily want a lot to do. Like I want to do what I want to do when I want to do it. And in a way that kind of makes me lazy, but it's allowed me to build this business I have. So take that kind of understanding of what it means to think like a lazy man, Fire Nation, and potentially look at it up and applying to your life and, and things that you can do. And one thing that I'm kind of curious about for you, Blake, is these core elements that you've identified that we have to have right before we're launching a business around this whole core concept of thinking like a lazy man. Absolutely. And so, so when I kind of think, and, and for context for, for the audience, um, I founded five businesses. Um, I've successfully exited my, my last forum on my fifth. Hopefully in a couple of weeks, I'll be out of my, my current job. Um, we're looking to sell uh, my current company, Byte, uh, and and I've already started my sixth. And and Byte was a great story, which we can get into. But it was really the the accumulation of all the learnings I've had from the previous four. And you know, really kind of looking at that, you know, we obviously make a lot of mistakes. I always, you know, say I make <laughs> guaranteed more mistakes than anybody else. But you learn from those mistakes, and you and you refine your palate on what are the kind of core tenets that you have to, you know, to have in, in, in the makeup of a business to, to get right. And, and Byte was started in March of 2017. We were three and a half years into it. We didn't have any investors. We became cash flow positive relatively quick. We have now squarely a, a billion dollar plus valuation. Um, and, you know, that, you know, people are always like, wow, how did, how did that ramp so quickly profitably? And to that level, and and uh, you know, I've, I've said on multiple occasion that you know, while Byte was only three years old and arguably grew faster and more profitable than most any other company in any any other industry in existence, it it truly is not a startup because it had the same DNA as you know the previous company, which was a company I had called Currency Capital that I grew you know at that same pace, not quite as big. And the company prior to that, and so when you when you're thinking about these things on what you have to 
to do. My dad always had, a, a, you know, he's cattle and business guy and, and in that farming community, spent a lot of time, um, you know, getting exposure to a lot of businesses, ironically, in that small community, both successful and not most of them were farming. Um, but he always would, would remind me when you're starting out in business, whatever you think it is, it's going to be, it's going to take twice as long. It's going to cost twice as much and it's going to be twice as hard. And, you know, that, that was kind of one lens I always put on everything when I'm, when I'm thinking about my own businesses where I'm hearing about others, um, you know, that to be really sober on, to recognize that, you know, whatever you think your budget is, double it. However long you, you think it's going to take to make a dollar, double that. Whatever the challenges are going to be, double those. If and, and, and most of the times I'd say triple nowadays. But, you know, when, when I kind of think about these core components and really kind of taking that next step, which is, is being really sober on your addressable market. How big is your addressable market? Is what you're trying to sell or whatever it is, I always say we're very agnostic on what we sell. We just want to, you know, check a few core boxes in order to get into a business. Those core boxes for me are really understanding a, a few things. One is budget, you know, running pro formas, running a PL, really getting granular and sober on how much things are going to cost. Um, you know, from, from top to the bottom, you know, from the top being marketing, um, that I would say is, is, you know, one of the most key components I think that's overlooked. What does it cost you to acquire a customer and how many customers are available for you to acquire in mass? You know, as simple as that sounds, a lot of people don't spend enough time thinking about that. And then, you know, really what is going to be the lifetime, you know, value of that customer? People often overestimate how much they believe a customer will pay them. You know, if you get those two things wrong, even one degree off, it's deadly. It's deadly. You know, one degree today or tomorrow is indetectable. But you multiply that over a week, or excuse me, forget about a week, a month, a year, you know, multiple years, that one degree you know, if you're, if you're trying to shoot right now, you're missing your target by a mile, you know, the further you go out. So those core components are, you know, really understanding your marketing costs. I always say on my gravestone, you know, that's going to be CPA cost per acquisition or a CAC, right? Cost, cost per acquisition cost, um, really understanding that. And then getting, getting sober and understanding what your core components are in order to operate the business and how those fluctuate with scale. A lot of people think, you know, there's economies of scale as you get up and they factor those in. But what they're not accounting for is all those extra costs to run the business as you scale too. you get economy of scale in certain areas, but the very opposite in, in other areas. A lot of things I took away, Fire Nation. I won't repeat what Blake shared at the end right there. But one thing that he said a little more towards the middle was how big is your addressable market? Like, I want to make sure you understand that concept and you're really thinking about that as you're driving forward. And we have more value bombs coming up, Fire Nation, when we get back from thanking our sponsors. 
Four Sigmatic is a functional food company that is well known for its incredibly delicious mushroom coffee. And we've got some awesome news. They're having an incredible winter sale happening right now. I've been starting my day with their mushroom ground coffee for a while now. And this smooth, dark coffee helps support my immune system and focus with every cup. Not only is it smooth, but mushroom coffee is also easy on the gut and it won't leave you with that midday crash. All Four Sigmatic's nutrient-dense elevated essentials are organic and lab-tested. I think you'll love them as much as I do. Plus, Four Sigmatic has a 100% money back guarantee and right now you can try their amazing products for up to 50% off I'm definitely going to be stocking up on my mushroom coffee supply on top of up to 50% off we've worked out an exclusive additional 10% off all sale products but this is just for Fire Nation to claim this deal you must visit foursigmatic.com slash fire hurry because this sale ends on February 23rd the time to stock up on this smooth crash free coffee is right now just visit f-o-u-r-s-i-g-m-a-t-i-c dot com slash fire foursigmatic.com slash fire. Are you experiencing slowdown as you work from home because you're sharing your home Wi-Fi network with family members? Do you need a separate network or enterprise-level security? The world runs on Wi-Fi, and small businesses and home offices are no exception. More than ever before, it's important that your business network delivers the very best performance and unparalleled coverage to keep your teams well-connected, whether they're in the office or working from home. Wi-Fi 6 is the latest in Wi-Fi technology, delivering unmatched speed, coverage, security, and capacity for all your business needs. Netgear's Wi-Fi 6 business solutions, including the latest Wi-Fi 6 access points and the new Orbi Pro Wi-Fi 6 tri-band mesh system are easy to set up and manage. That means you can stay connected and keep your data protected from anywhere, anytime. With business Wi-Fi solutions from Netgear, you can focus on your business, not your IT. Visit netgear.com slash Wi-Fi and never worry about Wi-Fi again. That's netgear.com slash Wi-Fi. So Blake, we're back and a lot of people, and I mean a lot of people, specifically entrepreneurs, they struggle with mindsets at the beginning stages of their entrepreneurial journey. So what is the right frame of mind for those people who are listening, who are in the first two or so years of launching their business? So I always love this question and I, and I constantly have to remind myself of this. And, and what I found to be true and what I've found to be consistent is that what, whatever we're thinking about today as entrepreneurs, whatever our plan is today, or more so if you're starting a business or if you're in your first year or second year, whatever you plan on is wrong. It's simply wrong. The right, nobody ever started a business and had this beautiful mindset and beautiful business model and you know, when they get over the hump and they create a successful business, it happens exactly as if, as if it was scripted at the beginning. We have to be constantly aware that whatever we're thinking today is not exactly what it should be or what it will be in the end. And I've, I've come to just soberly recognize that, that, you know, okay, I have a plan today. I've started, I've started this new business altar and I have this theory of how it should go. But I also know that that theory is wrong. And that I have to start walking down the road and getting data real time, seeing how the market evolves, seeing how consumer behavior evolves, seeing, for instance, how COVID, you know, nobody would have predicted COVID, you know, a number of months ago, but now that's shifted everybody's kind of belief system and buying habits, good and bad. And so as entrepreneurs, I, I really, really want to stress that you know, if you're in the first few innings of the game, first year, two years, three years, 
the end result, which is going to make you the most successful, is not what you're doing today. You got to constantly evolve. You got to take some, you know, you got to identify where you can take some shortcuts. You got to identify evolving market opportunities. And so if you approach it with that mindset, it's incredibly valuable, I think, because it keeps you light on your feet. It keeps you sober to like what you're doing today. Something, the, something could be better. There could be a better solution, a better process, a better angle for you that you come across next week, the, the week you know after that. You know, I, I had a, my first job out of college. You know, I had this manager, Tommy Romero. I don't know what he's doing now, but um, he he told me something, and he said, are, "You know, are you hunting in you know are you hunting in a crouch position? Or are you just hunting like standing up straight, like walking?" And what I think he meant by that was, you know, are you ready to pounce when you see an opportunity come ahead of you? And you know, I think that that as entrepreneurs, you know, we get so you know stuck in in this straightforward path. And we're just, we're focused on, you know, 12 o'clock straight ahead that we're, we're, and it's the easy thing to do to just kind of focus and, and rinse, wash, repeat, which I'm still a big fan of, but also are you constantly scanning for the better way to do it? it goes back to thinking like a lazy man, right? There is a better solution out there, but you got to be looking for it and hungry for it and trying to sniff it out, you know, 24 hours a day. So one thing that I really try to focus on is maximizing the outcome of my business. I mean, this is one way and one reason why we are always publishing our income reports on a month over month basis. I mean, we share them publicly, but even if we didn't share them publicly, like I would still honestly be doing these on an internal basis, just keeping the finger on the pulse, letting us know where's our major profit coming in? Where's our big expenses? Are those expenses worth it? Like what's really working and trending right now for us? What maybe trends that worked for us last year aren't working anymore? And like these income reports really help me understand this focus and these trends and the projections that we can make and as well as where we should be focusing. So once a company is up and running, Blake, how can we maximize our outcome? Another great question and, and one that I see commonly overlooked, but we've become very religious and, and not, we weren't like this a number of years ago, um, but have become, you know, with each iteration and each passing month year, really start to become bigger and bigger believers in being highly, highly metric driven. You know, we, we often at, at Byte in previous companies, you know, we, we use this term, kind of hit the button, get the cheese you know, where we're focused on a process, we're focused on metrics, we're focused on measuring each one of our steps from the very start to the very end, and then devising a system. And, and there's various ways in, in, you know, software systems and everything out there available to, to all of us that, you know, can be purchased and customized to a sp specific business to help you better understand you know, really where you're going right and where you're going wrong um, and where the areas are that need improvement. And one of those things along those lines is just, you know, is just really letting, you know, both, you know, what I'd say the IQ and the EQ, the emotional side of it, you know, you can feel culturally about your business. Um, you understand people's mindsets, but the IQ part of it is letting the data speak for itself. And then breaking down your company into specific 
segments, you know, whether it be customer acquisition, you know, customer satisfaction, manufacturing, um, whatever the, the, you know, whatever the component is to your business, think about it from a number standpoint. Can I get better at that? And then start to measure it. Fire Nation, what gets measured gets improved. It's a great Peter Drucker quote. I need you to understand that. I need you to really realize that a lot of our successes come from measuring our things and improving those things. And this is what Blake is talking about when he says maximizing our outcomes. So Blake, we've talked about a lot of awesomeness today. Give us what you consider the biggest takeaway from everything that we chatted about here today. Give us ways that we can connect with you going forward and any call to action or gift you have for Fire Nation. And then we'll say goodbye. No, absolutely. I, I, I love Fire Nation. Um, it's It's been amazing. It's, a, it's a, been a great group of people. Would be more than happy. I, I love talking about businesses. I love uh, helping anybody who reaches out. Um, it's, it's been a big, uh, it's been a big thing in my life that, you know, I've been the benefactor of a lot of people, you know, reaching down and giving me a, giving me a hand and, and playing an appropriate role in my life at the right time. Um, and feel compelled to, to do that. Um, again, it's, it's, you know, the, the best things that I think we can do, you know, and, and think about is just, you know, is, is the persistence, you know, of this, uh, it's, it's, this is a long, you know, constant solving of a Rubik's cube, um, and, and constant surveying of the land that, uh, and identifying opportunities. It's the discipline side and, and sometimes it's not fun of, of all the metrics and, and measurement that come into the business and, and really having, you know, a system and creating a system that that does that. However small the business is, however big the business is, that needs to be inherent in that. Um, and just just making sure if you're if you're waking up every morning, um, do the do the mundane things, do these things that will dramatically increase the probability that that you have a successful businesses, a successful business that ends up scaling. And, you know, most of all, focus on profitability. You know, that's that the key component, you know, is, is to focus on, we always talk about two things, focus on customer satisfaction and customer journey, and then profitability on, on, on the, you know, as a close second, if you get those two things right, you know, life's going to be a lot better than, than if you don't get those two things right. Now, how can we connect with you and uh, any call to action you might have? Number of ways to connect with me. Um, my my personal email, which I'd love to receive emails on, is is my first initial B, last name Johnson, J-O-H-N-S-O-N, at toyopa, T-O-Y-O-P-A, dot com. And uh, feel free to email me there at any point. would love to hear from anybody. And the call to action is is I would just really start to encourage people listening to this, you know, to really, you know, take another look at their budgets, at their revenue, you know, what they believe their revenue uh, trajectory is, and really understand every single cost associated with their business, like the back of their hand. Fire Nation, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with, and you've been hanging out with Blake and JLD today. So keep up that heat. And I love his final takeaway of focusing on profitability, focusing on customer service. You focus on those two things, Fire Nation, you will win. And of course, shoot Blake an email, bjohnson at toyopa.com. 
All the links will be in the show notes page when you head over to eofire.com and just type Blake in the search bar. We'll link up everything right over there. And Blake, thank you for sharing your truth, knowledge, your value with Fire Nation today. For that, we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Hey, Fire Nation, today's value bomb content was brought to you by Blake and Fire Nation, my first traditionally published book. I'm so excited. It's hitting the shelves on March 23rd, and I am fired up to say the least. The title is The Common Path to Uncommon Success, your roadmap to financial freedom and fulfillment. And pre-orders, Fire Nation, are everything. So if I've given you any value over the years, it would literally mean the world, not figuratively, literally mean the world. If you would head over and pre-order my book, lock in a copy for yourself, for a loved one. I have some sweet bonuses that this isn't like fake value. This is real value. And you'll see what I mean when you get over there. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars of value, real value for you and your loved ones. Um, Head over to Uncommon Success Book, UncommonSuccessBook.com. And you can check out all the awesomeness today. I'll catch you there, Fire Nation, or I'll catch you on the flip side. Fire Nation, are you looking for a step-by-step roadmap to financial freedom and fulfillment? Well, I have some great news for you. My first traditionally published book, The Common Path to Uncommon Success, is available for pre-order now. Visit UncommonSuccessBook.com to pre-order today and lock in the incredible bonuses that are going away soon. UncommonSuccessBook.com.